Long History, Sir Walter Raleigh and Virginia, Part 4, The Warring Kings of Virginia. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Long History. At the moment we're covering documents relating to Sir Walter Raleigh and Virginia. He was granted the ability to explore and settle Virginia by Queen Elizabeth I of England, but he didn't actually go himself, instead sending men such as Philip Amadas and Arthur Barlow to explore the area and then settle it. And at the moment we're looking at the first voyage to Virginia from England, and this episode covers the third part of that first journey. In the previous episode, the Englishmen traded with some of the men of the area of Virginia, and then went to a village to find that the men were absent, but that the women were very hospitable. And as this episode begins, they describe the people of that village. Here on Long History, we cover the very source documents from history, particularly from the Age of Exploration. That means we've covered many of the major explorers from the 1400s, the 1500s and the 1600s, with many more to come. So if you want to hear history from the people who took part themselves, you've found the right place. This is Sir Walter Raleigh and Virginia, Part 4, The Warring Kings of Virginia. We found the people most gentle, loving and faithful, void of all guile and treason, and such as live after the manner of the golden age. The people only care how to defend themselves from the cold in their short winter, and to feed themselves with such meat as the soil affordeth. Their meat is very well sodden, and they make broth very sweet and savoury. Their vessels are earthen pots, very large, white and sweet. Their dishes are wooden platters of sweet timber. Within the place where they feed was their lodging, and within that their idol which they worship, of whom they speak incredible things. While we were at meat, there came in at the gates two or three men with their bows and arrows from hunting, whom, when we espied, we began to look one towards another, and offered to reach our weapons. But as soon as she espied our mistrust, she was very much moved, and caused some of her men to run out, and take away their bows and arrows and break them, and withal beat the poor fellows out of the gate again. When we departed in the evening, and would not tarry all night, she was very sorry, and gave us into our boat our supper half-dressed, pots and all, and brought us to our boat-side, in which we lay all night, removing the same a pretty distance from the shore. She, perceiving our jealousy, was much grieved, and sent diverse men and thirty women to sit all night on the bank-side by us, and sent us into our boats five mats to cover us from the rain, using very many words to entreat us to rest in their houses. But, because we were few men, and if we had miscarried the voyage had been in very great danger, we durst not adventure anything, although there was no cause of doubt, for a more kind and loving people there cannot be found in the world, as far as we have hitherto had trial. Beyond this island there is the main land, and over against this island falleth into this spacious water 
the great river called Ockham by the inhabitants, on which standeth a town called Pomioc, and six days' journey from the same is situate their greatest city, called Skikoke, which this people affirmed to be very great. But the savages were never at it, only they speak of it, by the report of their fathers and other men, whom they have heard affirm it to be above one hour's journey about. Into this river falleth another great river called Sippo, in which there is found great store of mussels, in which there are pearls. Likewise there descendeth into this Ockham another river called Nomopana, on the one side whereof standeth a great town called Chawanuk, and the lord of that town and country is called Puneno. This Puneno is not subject to the king of Wingandakoa, but is a free lord. Beyond this country is there another king, whom they call Menatonon, and these three kings are in league with each other. Towards the southwest, four days' journey, is situate a town called Sekotan, which is the southernmost town of Wingandakoa, near unto which, six and twenty years past, there was a ship cast away, whereof some of the people were saved, and those were white people, whom the country people preserved. And after ten days remaining in an out island uninhabited, called Wokokon, they, with the help of some of the dwellers of Sekotan, fastened two boats of the country together, and made masts unto them, and sails of their shirts, and having taken into them such victuals as the country yielded, they departed, after they had remained in this out island, three weeks. But shortly after, it seemed they were cast away, for the boats were found upon the coast, cast to land in another island adjoining. Other than these, there were never any people apparelled or white of colour, either seen or heard of amongst these people, and these, aforesaid, were seen only of the inhabitants of Sekotan, which appeared to be very true, for they wondered marvellously when we were amongst them at the whiteness of our skins, ever coveting to touch our breasts, and to view the same. Besides, they had our ships in marvellous admiration, and all things else were so strange unto them, as it appeared that none of them had ever seen the like. When we discharged any piece, were it but an arquebus, they would tremble thereat for very fear, and for the strangeness of the same. For the weapons which themselves use are bows and arrows. The arrows are of but small canes, headed with a sharp shell or tooth of a fish, sufficient enough to kill a naked man. Their swords be of wood hardened. Likewise, they use wooden breastplates for their defence. They have beside a kind of club, in the end whereof they fasten the sharp horns of a stag or other beast. When they go to wars, they carry about with them their idol, of whom they ask counsel, as the Romans were wont of the oracle of Apollo. They sing songs as they march towards the battle instead of drums and trumpets. Their wars are very cruel and bloody, by reason whereof, and of their civil dissensions which have happened of late years amongst them, the people 
are marvellously wasted, and in some places the country left desolate. Adjoining to this country aforesaid called Sekotan, beginneth a country called Pomowik, belonging to another king whom they call Piamakun, and this king is in league with the next king adjoining towards the setting of the sun, and the country Nuziok, situate upon a goodly river called Neus. These kings have mortal war with Wingina king of Wingandakoa. But about two years past, there was a peace made between the king of Piemakum and the lord of Sekotan, as these men which we have brought with us to England have given us to understand. But there remaineth a mortal malice in the Sekotanes, for many injuries and slaughters done upon them by this Piemakum. They invited diverse men and thirty women of the best of his country to their town to a feast, and when they were all together merry and praying before their idol, which is nothing else but a mere illusion of the devil, the captain or lord of the town came suddenly upon them and slew them every one, reserving the women and children. And these two have oftentimes since persuaded us to surprise Piemakum, his town, having promised and assured us that there will be found in it great store of commodities. But, whether their persuasion be to the end they may be revenged of their enemies, or for the love they bear to us, we leave that to the trial hereafter. Beyond this island called Roanoke, our main islands very plentiful of fruits and other natural increases, together with many towns and villages along the side of the continent, some bounding upon the islands and some stretching up further into the land. When we first had sight of this country, some thought the first land we saw to be the continent, but after we entered into the haven, we saw before us another mighty long sea for there lieth along the coast a tract of islands, two hundred miles in length, adjoining to the ocean sea and between the islands two or three entrances. When you are entered between them, these islands being very narrow for the most part, as in most places six miles broad, in some places less, in few more, then there appeareth another great sea, containing in breadth in some places forty, and in some fifty, in some twenty miles over, before you come unto the continent. And in this enclosed sea there are above an hundred islands of diverse bigness, whereof one is sixteen miles long, at which we were, finding it a most pleasant and fertile ground, replenished with goodly cedars and diverse other sweet woods, full of currents of flax, and many other notable commodities, which we at that time had no leisure to view. Besides this island there are many, as I have said, some of two or three, of four of five miles, some more, some less, most beautiful and pleasant to behold, replenished with deer, conies, hares, and diverse beasts, and about them the goodliest and best fish in the world, and in greatest abundance. Thus, sir, we have acquainted you with the particulars of our discovery made this present voyage, 
as far forth as the shortness of the time we there continued would afford us to take view of. And so, contenting ourselves with this service at this time, which we hope hereafter to enlarge, as occasion and assistance shall be given, we resolve to leave the country, and to apply ourselves to return for England, which we did accordingly, and arrived safely in the west of England about the middest of September. And whereas we have above certified you of the country taken in possession by us, to Her Majesty's use, and so to yours by Her Majesty's grant, we thought good for the better assurance thereof to record some of the particular gentlemen and men of account, who then were present, as witnesses of the same, that thereby all occasion of cavil to the title of the country in Her Majesty's behalf may be prevented, which otherwise, such as like not, the action may use and pretend, whose names are Master Philip Amadas, Master Arthur Bailo, William Greenville, John Wood, James Browich, Henry Green, Benjamin Wood, Simon Ferdinando, Nicholas Petman, John Hughes. We brought home also two of the savages, being lusty men, whose names were Wanchesi and Manteo. That's the end of the first journey to Virginia from England, and we can see the famous island of Roanoke being described here. The English clearly like what they see, and in this report back to Sir Walter Raleigh, they are making a clear case for a return, which they will indeed do in the next episode of Long History. The English leave these lands in the full belief that they own them now, as reported to Sir Walter Raleigh in the following phrase, We have above certified you of the country taken in possession by us, to Her Majesty's use, and so to yours by Her Majesty's grant. Thank you for listening to this latest episode of Long History. I hope that was interesting and if it was, please do give it a like if you can before you move on and share the episode if you think anyone else might be interested. If you haven't subscribed already or followed Long History, this was the end of the first journey but there are another four journeys to go here so there's lots still to come. Thanks again for listening. This was Sir Walter Raleigh and Virginia, Part 4 the Warring Kings of Virginia. Goodbye.